Business Women Rock, episode 39. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? I'm so happy you're here on the Business Women Rock podcast. Huge news to announce today is that we have just opened up our exclusive private Facebook group. It's called BWR Connect, and it is truly a home for all of the amazing women who are part of the Business Women Rock community to come together, connect with each other, ask questions of each other, share in each other's successes, and just be able to have a home. So go to bizwomenrock.com, go ahead and put your email address in, into the homepage opt-in. You'll see the logo for the BWR Connect, and you'll be able to go through all the steps to get um, invited to the group. So now to introduce our guest today, I want to first start by saying that this entire program is dedicated to my little sister, Julie, who just recently got engaged because today's program is all about weddings. And so today's story is a perfect one for her and for everyone who is getting married, loves weddings, or has anything to do with the wedding industry. Because my guest today is Kelly Khalil, who's the founder of Loverly. Loverly is a very unique site that curates the best of the best wedding products and services and is an, a very like four-dimensional search engine type of a website for anyone who's looking to plan for the wedding or be a bridesmaid in the wedding or has anything to do with the bridal industry. It's, it's got this whole social element going on. It's You're able to search by, you know, very non-traditional means. And it's just very, very interesting. Kelly herself is amazing, has a lot of business lessons to share. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show here with me today. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here as well. And here's why. I love weddings. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know. Who I don't doesn't know. If- love weddings? <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I'm recently married. We're celebrating our two-year anniversary this year. And still to this date, thank you. And still to this date, our wedding ranks up there as probably one of my favorite vacations that we've ever had. And you know, it was just amazing. So when I went to Loverly, I just fell in love with weddings all over again. Not only do you have cool stuff there, but you do wedding consolidation and information and just information giving in a whole different way that I've never seen done before. So I'm really excited to share your story as a businesswoman. Before we can really truly understand, you know, what your business is and what it's doing, can you give us a little bit of a preemptive, you know, glimpse into what you were doing that led up to you starting the company? Sure. Loverly's mission is to make wedding planning easier and more fun. And I kind of started out on this mission just months after I, I survived, as I say, my sister's wedding. Previous to starting Loverly, I ran a PR firm with my sister. She has a firm called Be Inspired PR, which is the leading PR firm in the bridal industry, representing celebrity planners and dress designers and a number of top vendors. And I was working with her doing business development, helping her grow her business. 
And about six weeks after I started working with her, she got engaged. So we started to plan her wedding. So if you can imagine all day working in weddings and then nights and weekends helping her plan her wedding, <laughs> and it was insane. And layer on top of that that she was a wedding publicist. So I'll give you the, the cliff note. She had seven events leading up to her wedding all of them published in magazines, all of them with a different theme, set of vendors and colors, and it was crazy oh overwhelming. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I found myself subscribed to 30 different blogs. I would be 30 pages deep on Google looking for a necklace to go with my bridesmaid's dress, and I found it to be extremely fat, fragmented, extremely frustrating and time-consuming, and just a total overwhelming experience, and I wasn't even getting married. So I, right after her wedding, I thought to myself, when I, I moved to New York to expand the PR from out east, I kept thinking to myself, it, it was this difficult for someone as well-connected as my sister and myself in the bridal industry, what is it like for the girl in middle America? Or what is it like for the average woman who is working, running a business, actually has a life outside of her wedding? How is she getting it done? And so... I was inspired to solve that problem, and I found myself to be uniquely positioned now after working in the bridal industry, going through it as a bridesmaid, or sometimes, as I say, slave of honor. Um, <laughs> I've that, never heard that one before. That's good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you are not at my sister's wedding. Um, <laughs> is this a bridezilla moment? Do we? <laughs> well, I, I tease her because she actually was not a bridezilla at all. My sister is absolutely delightful, and I, I loved working with her. But the thing is, there was just so much. It was so overwhelming. And so I, I joke. I'm like, it was a full-time job helping you plan your wedding. But I realized there was an opportunity to bring some fun technology and to solve a lot of the problems that brides and bridesmaids and vendors are facing, which starts with inspiration and discovery, knowing what's out there, what's possible for brides. So we started aggregating content from top bloggers. We signed deals with them that allowed us to pull in their content to make it searchable. And then we reached out to retailers and brands. We now have 3,000 brands on the site and 300,000 products that you can shop in 10 different categories. So when I was open, had the window open on J. Crew and Nordstrom and Jenny Yu's website, and I'm, you know, literally looking for what I had, which was a very unique dress, which was a sweetheart lime green, which sounds terrible, but was really gorgeous, <laughs> bridesmaid's dress. I was on like 10 different sites. And now, via Loverly, you can go to our shopping portal and say, I'm looking for a bridesmaid's dress that is knee length and has a sweetheart neckline. I want it to be purple and under $200. That now exists because of our platform. It never existed before. Wow. So really kind of, it sounds so simple, but it's something that um, is super helpful for someone who is planning a wedding or bridesmaids that are looking for wedding dresses or wedding uh, bridesmaids dresses or options. So so that's kind of where we, we, we thought out to, to solve the inefficiency. And really our mission is let's make it easier and more fun. So everything we do is how is this going to benefit brides, maids, grooms, and making sure that it all comes back to that simplicity. And so that's kind of one of the tenets of our business. Um, and then, of course, we want it to be a delightful experience. So make sure that everything feels and looks beautiful and delightful and makes you feel like it's fun because weddings are all about love and celebration, and that's what it should be about, not all the stressful, yucky stuff. We want to make it feel so fun while you're going through what sometimes can be a very stressful ordeal. 
So can you walk us through what the actual structure of the business or really the website and the services really look like? Because this is something so out of the box from, I think, what most people know, like the not.com or weddings.com or something like that. So this is not just your average aggregation site of planning and services and vendors that you might want to use. I mean, you have that stuff, but it's so much more and it's so it's so like four dimensional. So can you walk us through exactly what you have? So I would say when you think about media sites like The Knot, The Knot is a great company. It's huge. It's publicly trained. It's been around for a very long time. They are an outstanding media property. They create content. They have checklists and budgets, and they tell you what to do. It's very much a content site. Loverly is kind of the layer above. We actually don't create content, really. What we do is we aggregate the best content, we curate it, and we bring it all together in one place. So potentially the not could be one of our content providers on our site, right? Like we work with Bridal Guide or Real Simple, they could be one of our partners as well. So we're kind of like, think about us as like Google images for weddings, right? So we pull everything in, we make it searchable, but instead of having to go 30 pages down, we give you what you want when you want. We also have a layer of technology in there that um, outside of curation makes personal recommendations. So the more that you engage on Loverly and play around with the site, and especially if you sign up and start loving and saving things, recommendations and search results are customized for you. So every bride is different, every budget is different, and so we work to kind of, again, make it easier and more fun. So what if we could cut out some of the complicated stuff? So don't show me things that I don't care about, right? Don't just... Don't just show me all bridesmaids' dresses. Show me the ones that are in my budget or in my color scheme, right? So those are things that we that we do to really differentiate ourselves. Again, it's all about the modern bride and making it easier for her and, and really connecting with her where she is. And it's just a different time. Women are planning on the go. They're on social media. They're Their bridesmaids are spread out across the country. And, again, when we're building our product, we're thinking about how do we make that easier and more fun and and using technology to bring that connectivity to brides, their vendors, or bridal parties. And I mean, you guys are really image heavy as well. I mean, it's a gorgeous site. It's once again, it's really not this drill down of choosing like, you know, I want these qualities, these qualities, these qualities. It's it's not that. It's it's almost very social in a way. Like it it curates all this content. It's very visual. And by you taking action on what you like, like liking stuff or loving it or whatever it is, you're getting more and more of that stuff, right? Exactly. So, you know, really we're in a visual world, right? And you can see the success of the Pinterest of the world that finally people have caught on to how women like to shop. We are emotional creatures. We're highly visual and we're highly social. So pretty images create an emotional reaction, right? So it gets women inspired. We're also collectors. We like to collect, organize, and save. So the ability to kind of start organizing your wedding feeds into that as well. And the way we search is different. We're not always like, I want a black knee lane dress. Sometimes it's like, I want something romantic. I want something rustic. I want something unique. And the Googles and the Amazons and all the, the shopping places of the world don't think like that. So we've created an experience that is very beautiful with heavy image, obviously heavy on the imagery side, but it's, it's tagged in a way that is contextual to women who are planning weddings. So in the words that they are using to describe it. So you can search by rustic, you can search by gorgeous or burlap or different elements of a wedding. And some of them are not, are, are not necessarily things, but emotions and feelings. I want it to feel soft and sweet, right? Like you wouldn't go to Nordstrom and look for that. 
<laughs> right, right. And behind all this pretty gorgeous photos and images, there's obviously a heck of a lot of technology that and algorithm engineering and creation that goes on behind the scenes in order to do that. So can you talk just a little bit about what that took to be able to create that type of engineering, to create that type of technology in order for it to produce what, what you want it to do? Yeah, so we have a team of 15 full-time, and nine of those are on the product and engineering side. So they're working every single day to build original, from-the-ground-up technology to solve this problem. We want it to seem as seamless as possible on the front end. Like, so if it feels, like, gorgeous and simple, perfect, that's what we want. But, you know, there's a lot of work being done on the back, back end. We're getting content from 40 different bloggers. We're getting images uploaded from 30,000 vendors. We're getting images and products from, from a number of brands and retailers, right? So a lot of unstructured data that we've pulled together. And so our technology really has been built to, to categorize and clean it up and make it easier for brides to filter through all that content. So we, we have an internal tech team that, that works and builds every single day that works closely with our, our designers and our product person. Our product person really says, okay, what does a bride want and how, do, how can we build that? And how do we translate that into a design and then translate that design into actual technology? When I first started, since I do not have a strong technology background, my first instinct was to hire, to outsource it. I didn't realize what kind of technical resources I would ultimately need. I thought, let's build this platform. I just hire an agency, they'll build it, and it'll be done, which was a very naive thought early on, right? I thought that you build it and it's done. Once you push code, you're moving on to the next thing that you're building. You're always looking to build the product and make it bigger, better, faster. And so I hired an agency originally to get us off the ground, and what they ended up delivering was a barely working prototype. And it looked pretty, but it didn't really actually work. And that, when I finally got that prototype, I was able to leverage that kind of visual prototype to to get some investors on board to help us raise our first round, which allowed us to build our own team internally. So I highly suggest anyone who's looking to build a company or start something, find someone technical that you trust that can at least help you build an MVP, which is minimal viable product, to show and get proof and get feedback from users or investors or potential clients. And if you find that people like it and it makes sense, then hire someone full-time. I don't recommend going with the agency route because when you're going through this process, there's an element of retain learnings, right? So domain expertise, as you're building, you make decisions as to why you do things. And when you're constantly passing that off from an agency to another agency to another person, you lose that knowledge and it takes a long time to regain that. So I definitely recommend, if possible, building internally as early as possible. You have done something really amazing in the sense that you've built really great partnerships with some big names like Nordstrom's and Minted. How did you do that? And what was your, like, how do they connect with your company? Like, what's the partnership there? So it was really interesting because once we kind of hit the, the content side of things, we started building an audience very quickly. And we started building a presence on social media because that's where our brides are. So if you can go to our Facebook page, we're Loverly Weddings, or on Twitter, we're Loverly, and Instagram, we're also Loverly. And we just started kind of posting our favorite inspiration and ideas and just kind of daily musings of bridal. And while we were on social media, we started engaging with a lot of brands, a lot of awesome brands like Nordstrom and Minted. And we kind of came across them in the social world. They discovered our site and said, we like what you're doing. It's really pretty. And we said, well, we love what you're doing. You're Nordstrom. Um, 
<laughs> we love you. <laughs> Who doesn't love Nordstrom? So we decided, hey, let's let's do a test. Let's do a contest. Let's do something together to see if we have similar audiences, right, and if we align. And there was a young lady named Andrea Wasserman who was running Nordstrom's bridal wedding suite. And she was like, I think there's something here. Let's let's experiment. And she was very forward-thinking and partnering with a four-month-old startup to do a contest, right, to test something. And so we gave away a pair of shoes together, and it did really, really well. And she's like, you know what? We, we got good buzz. Let's try and see if we can get our products on your site. And I was like, awesome. So they, along with Minted, and we also signed a deal with a company called Quiot, which is a fine jewelry company here in New York. And so we pulled in their products, just like we pulled in editorial content, and we added tags. And we were surprised to see how well it performed. Not necessarily surprised, but maybe we didn't expect to get the reaction that we did as quickly as we did. So since then, we started onboarding a number of brands and retailers who said, we want to be there too. And so we ramped up that offering fairly quickly to be able to provide a robust experience for brides, right? So different price points, different tastes. And so now we're just so proud to, to say that we have these 300,000 products that brides can shop through that we've aggregated from these, these different brands and retailers. So it was very organic, and I feel very fortunate to have been able to partner with someone like Nordstrom, who is so big, but also very forward-thinking. And I think that there are a lot of brands out there today, a lot of retailers, that are realizing that the times are changing, that traditional e-commerce isn't the same as it used to be, and that media, technology, and commerce are all kind of melding together in a unique way. And in order to stay relevant, you have to test, you have to experiment. And I think it's actually very telling of of kind of what Nordstrom and Minta did, saying like, hey, we want to test and see what's going on here. We want to learn and see how this can help us grow our business. And and obviously, we got great products in our site, which helped us in turn grow ours as well. So that's kind of how it came about. And it really was a win-win for, for both of us. And it continues to be a win-win for Loverly when we partner with brands because we're giving them exposure to our brides. And there's a little bit now of a, what we've noticed is a halo effect that a brand that no one's ever heard of or has heard of once or twice gets to be discovered and rediscovered again on our platform. One of your guests you had previously, Dorian Howard from Milk and Honey, is a great example of that. She has an amazing collection of shoes. You can customize and order. And the perfect use case is bridesmaids. And so she has the ability to feature her products, which are at a great price point, in front of our audience alongside brands like Jimmy Choo and Valentino right, at a different price point, but same audience. So it's been really fun to see how the product has evolved and changed and how we can work with brands big and small to help delight our brides, to help them discover unique products and offerings for their wedding. And you guys are always really open to looking for other products and services that are related and can provide value for your brides and your bridesmaids that are coming there, right? That's exactly right. We know that we're not going to be everything to everyone. We're not going to be able to build it all. Being a, a startup, you know, you have limited resources, which means you have to be focused and you have to be scrappy about the way you decide to, to execute and manage those resources. So we're always looking for partners who have amazing technology or have amazing, amazing offerings that either are directly relevant to our brides or are in adjacent industries that haven't been you know, offering their, their service or product directly to brides and want to partner to get that exposure. And so instead of building everything, we know we can't do that. We'd rather partner with amazing companies and, and again, give our brides what they want and help them make their wedding planning easier and more fun. So again, when, when we're approached by someone, we're like, will this make brides' lives easier? Yes. Is it simple? Yes. 
okay, let's do it. <laughs> Got it. That's so smart because you guys are really building the audience. You guys are the ones who are doing all the marketing and making sure that you're bringing people to your site and then you become a search engine really for that relevant, very targeted content and information. And so, you know, it's huge benefit to anyone who has a product or service for the wedding industry to be able to participate in your site. That's great. Yeah, that's the idea. Win-win for everyone. What has been one of the most challenging moments that you've had over these past couple of years? Yeah, so now, as I mentioned earlier, we're a team of of five full-time. And this comes from three years ago when it was me in my apartment, in my pajamas, working from home 12 hours a day. And my roommate at the time would say, oh, you're unemployed. And I was like, no, I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Common mistake. (laughs) Yeah, that went on for about nine months until I finally got an office and put on some clothes and maybe took a shower. But one of the the biggest challenges, going from one person to to four was awesome. Because I was like, oh, my God, finally, it's not just me. I have people who are showing up and helping me build. But going from four to seven was maybe not as easy of a transition because then you went from the four core people that you're with every single day to adding more people and now there's more dynamics. And so I think one of the biggest challenges I faced over the last three years of doing this, been live for two years, but the a little bit over a year before that that I was building, you know, you, you underestimate how bringing more people on can change the dynamic of the business. You go from being a kind of small, tiny unit to like a team to a couple teams, right? So that is an interesting transition. And so a challenge that I've been faced with is how do we, while we're on, we're all on the same team working on separate initiatives, engineering, marketing, design, partnerships, right? How do we all stay singularly focused and and really embody one culture. And once we kind of started thinking about it that way and, and figuring out best practices, communication and getting transparency as what everyone's working on, things got a lot easier. But it is really challenging because it pops up overnight. Soon, once you're seven, then you're 12, and that's when the growing pains start to happen. So I think that's one thing that I, I didn't really estimate was the pressure and, 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 and just the change in dynamic when the team size changes. And it changes fast, right? You, it can happen fairly quickly when you're in a, a high-growth startup. Have you had any books that you've read along the way that have either kind of in the space of management of people maybe or leadership that have really helped you overcome that challenge or or even just in general, anything that you have read that really you took to heart and utilized in your business to grow? Yes. So I, I, and not that I have a lot of time to be reading these days, but I do like to, to read a lot of blogs. And one of my favorites is Both Sides of the Table, which is Mark's sister, who's a BC. But what I like about what he talks about oftentimes is he, he was an operator, right? So he had built and sold two companies before he got on the investment side. And what he talks about is a lot of the challenges that startups face all the time. Running a company can be a very isolated experience because you feel that you're the only one going through it, right? And, and you feel that you need to be the leader, and sometimes that can be a very lonely path. Um, but when, when I kind of read some of the things that he talked about, management challenges, how to hire people, how to fire people, how to communicate culture, how to build culture, you realize that those challenges are not unique to you. The problem in itself is a universal issue for people who are running companies. And so that's been kind of great. I also love Fred Wilson's blog, abc.com, a venture capitalist blog, but there's a lot of great insight in there that I love. And then additionally, I I brought on a chairman, and he ran and sold a couple companies and has had experience growing teams from five to, 
500. He's kind of become like my personal coach and mentor, which I, I recommend everyone have someone that they can go to and talk through business challenges, someone that you really trust. I think that that's really helpful. I know there's like a whole movement towards having mentors and easier said than done. You can't force it, but it was a very organic relationship where we connected on the business level and I just found myself going to him for advice and liking his advice, right? So, and then I brought him on in a more kind of official capacity. So that's really helpful. And then also just a book that I love that I read, Simple Read, was by Invitation Only. And it went, it's the story of Alexandra and Alexis from Guilt. And it's a quick read, but the thing I loved about it was it actually talks about a lot of their early days and the same challenges from going from 7 to 12 to 50 to I don't know how many there are now. But it's just a really cute, easy to read, but a lot of good little nuggets in there. So it's kind of a, a startup story in, in I think it's like 300 pages. Throughout your kind of evolution as a businesswoman, what is probably one of the biggest lessons that you have learned and carry with you? In looking back, I would say... Well, there's a couple of things. One, everything takes longer than you think it's going to. So in my mind, I probably thought that Loverly would be where we are like six months after we launched. It's been two years. Um, <laughs> so things take longer and cost more than you expect. So always plan for a best case and a worst case. You know, make your worst case worse. Things take longer than you expect, and that's normal. Two, I would say when you're hiring people, and if you haven't done it before, and you're not really sure what you're hiring for, something that I've learned that has worked really well for us is your job as a leader of a company is to bring in the best talent that you possibly can. And when you're hiring people, something that can be really helpful is to think about it as a candidate who has all the right skill set. Yeah, that's great. But what you really want is someone who has the passion and is interested in, in, in the problems that you're solving. And so when I'm looking to hire candidates, I always look at, you know, where is the intersection of their interest and their skill set? And let's build a role around them rather than build, you know, put them into just this marketing role, right? In the startup, a lot of people have to wear a lot of hats. And so if you find people who are passionate and interested in solving problems, then they're more open and well suited to be in a dynamic environment where there aren't structure and rules. You're figuring things out. And so that's been really helpful. It's just when I'm looking for people, are you a problem solver? Are you interested in solving the problems that we have? You know, are you a team player? And it's all about attitude, right? You could be the most genius person in the world. If you aren't the most positive when you're at a startup, it, it's not going to work. So always having a you know, great positive charge of energy in the office is really important. That's something that's been key when we've been looking at people is, are they happy? Do they love what they're doing? Because that's crucial. Kelly, I want to really bring this conversation to a close by asking you what is in store for Loverly in the future? What's the big vision? Where are you guys going? So I joke that our vision is wedding world domination. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but really, we want to continue our mission of making wedding planning easier and more fun and bring all the tools to brides that they want. So as we kind of build up and get more resources, you know, bringing Loverly to Android apps. People can actually access it on the go. Because for right now, we do have a Loverly Weddings app that's iOS store and the app store that you can download today, but we're seeing our, our traffic growing on other devices. So definitely want to be building there. We want to make it easier for women to hire and book vendors. That's something we're really passionate about and it's something we're looking into 
to, and then also giving a little bit more guidance on the planning side, like what, what should I be doing right now, and helping them kind of solve for, for those questions and challenges. So a lot of tactical things to make it easier and more fun, and then always just bring the light and awesomeness online and offline to brides everywhere. So lofty goals, but I think we're well on our way, and we want weddings to be awesome. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your story with us here today. I really appreciate it. I really, really love what you're doing, what you've built. It's so different and it's so off the beaten path. And I just think it's so much fun. So really, thank you so much for kind of pulling back the curtains and sharing with us kind of how it works, how it started and and where you guys are going from here. I think that's amazing. Great. I'm happy to be here. And if any of your listeners have questions, have them tweet us, you know, at Loverly or they can tweet me at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-E, and I'm happy to answer questions or continue to keep the conversation going. Awesome. Well, thank you. And all of that information will also be in the show notes on uh, bizwomenrock.com for Kelly. So, Kelly, thank you so much again. You are awesome, girl. Keep it up. Thank you. Talk to you soon. You can get the show notes for today's show at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 39. One of my biggest takeaways from this conversation was really the idea that Kelly was talking about when your business dynamics can really change when you go from five people to 12 people to more people as a part of your team and really being very cognizant of the fact that dynamics really do change and there are certain things that you need to do in order to Um, even scale out the growth of your internal team. So I thought that that was really, really interesting and uh, so happy that she shared that with us. Thank you so much for listening today. Remember to go onto bizwomenrock.com, go opt in and become part of our private Facebook group, BWR Connect. It is time that we connect. Let's go, ladies. I'll see you on the next episode. You still there? So just as a silly little side note, my bird actually bit off about six of my keys on my darn laptop tonight. So um, editing was a little bit of a challenge. (laughs) The problems of a bird lady.